Hey, what a what a better way though for us to jump back into it on the you know literally the eve of the season, guys. No, I like right. This like, is what I, our I was thinking about it. I was like, wow. I was like, you know what? It's been a lot going on, and you know we haven't recorded, but I feel like right now is the best time of any for us to jump back into it. There's no other if and buts about it. We're diving in, and we'll talk about things come up throughout the season and you know and there's issues with COVID and stuff we'll address those on the podcast but I feel like now football is back it is. football is back so I feel like we need to be on our on our game and and what better than for the Packer Backer podcast to jump back into it the eve of us taking on the Minnesota Vikings I'm just saying I'm and honestly, though, and honestly though, because the because of the way training camp operated, where there was no games to see, there was limited camera coverage. I haven't, you know what I mean? There's yeah. just it's very hard. Would have been very hard for us to. You would have to guesstimate about what we're hearing week to week. And I, I think that actually the, the podcast would have suffered because of it. It's funny but, because I know a lot of you guys. I know I'm I'm in, I'm on Packers Twitter all the time and like. When they put the clamps down on, on the reporters being able to report out of camp, it was so funny just to read like what they were posting. You know, yeah. some guy ran left. <laughs> like they were making fun of it because it was just such a shit show. You and guys hear me like, now? Unfortunately. Yeah. Too long without it. There we go. <laughs> Wow. Uh, sorry, I don't know if you guys heard me testing this microphone, but I was ready to chuck this thing across the room. <laughs> I mean, I've been giddy actually since Thursday night. You know, I had uh, for fantasy, I had a couple guys playing, right? I have Clyde Edwards Alaire in one league, and then I had Will Fuller in another. I had him on the same team, both of those guys on the same team. <laughs> I had uh, Mahomes in one league. Yeah, I was just like looking at them and I'm like, man, they have a fucking running game now. This isn't even fair. Yeah, it's stupid. It is, and you know the Texans what? are not a good team. Hey, though. you know, we passed we passed on him. We could have we could have had had him in, in Green Bay without having to pay big bucks to give Aaron Jones money or not give Aaron Jones. I don't even want to talk about who the fuck we drafted. I know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that's not some bullshit. You There's so many players we could have had. You jinxed us, though, man. Yeah, it was your fault, you asshole. I mean, come on now. And if they go 7-9, and nine, I'm driving to Madison. Actually, I'll kick you in the nuts Halloween weekend if they're already playing bad. <laughs> Dude, tell you I what. Not. Hey, did you see ESPN picked them to go the same? So, Brett might be on to something. Yeah, right? I saw that. I think Brett might be very well right on this. I mean, that's... that's. Hold on. Hey, wait, are we recording yet, Dexter? Because I think I've heard at least two people say that I'm right. Yeah, yeah we including are. Including ESPN. We are, we are definitely recording right now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hey, for all you listeners out there, I hope to God that Dexter edits this and makes sure it's in. Very first thing, Brett is right. We're, we're, that's that's uh, week, week four, uh, the number four podcast, Brett is right. And that's, you don't that's all the content. But I don't know if you want to be right. I want to be right. Like, I don't want to be right about this. I don't want to be right because I'm a Packer fan and I want to see him win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not trying to root for the Packers to lose. Right. But at the same time, I want to be right because then we get a better p- draft pick. But then again, I don't want to be right because if we get a better draft pick, we're drafting a punter in the first round next year. And <laughs> I that. I, 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 yeah. God no, damn, Ted Thompson ver- uh, version 2.0. We know we're not taking a receiver, that's for sure. Oh, no exactly. Hey, guys, I, I figured out who Goody is. Goody's like that, that receiver that 
that you, you know, you draft in like early in the draft and he's got like all the tools and stuff, but he can't run around. His hands are like stone. His hand, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like his hands are like stone. Like it's just like the shiny toy that can't do shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, <laughs> like that, that prime, that, yeah, Steve like Detroit that, that Lions early 2000s. Wow. Isn't that <laughs> what Zach's wife says about him? He's a shiny toy that can't do shit. Oh, God. I didn't, I'm speechless. That never happens. Never. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. What? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> you weren't family. You hey, I, your family gatherings must be very uh, entertaining. There's a reason why we drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know how I feel. I haven't drank in over a year, so I have to deal with his ass sober. Imagine See, that. Zach, Zach, Zach caught on. He's like, man, I got to, yeah. I sound like that asshole when I drink. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so we Zach, Devin, uh, his brother, and his uh, brother Brandon. So the four of us got together in June, and Devin t- drank enough for Zach because Zach wasn't drinking, and that is who I remember Zach used to be. So it was it was fun because then I got to rip on his ass too. It was great. You know, this is the only reason I love my family is I can just talk shit about them, and they still love me. It's kind of like sure, a dog, I'm you know. Sure you yell at your dog shit for shit in your house, too. and he comes back and still loves you. Yeah. You know, that's kind of Zach. He still loves me, even though I hate his ass. They're mean or it's harsh. I don't even harsh. have to accept those words. <laughs> you know, enough is enough. Enough, enough is enough, Brett. Stop bullying people. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> Brett's so I make myself feel good season. about my shortcomings. Brett is so amped up for this season. I'm so amped up for this season. I'm, I can't I'm, I'm so amped. It's here, boys. I couldn't tell you, like, I was, like I was saying, like, Thursday, it kind of hit, right? Where I was like, oh, shit, I got to set my fantasy lineups. And, like, I'm checking in and seeing the scores. And I'm like, this shit matters now. Like, these are, these are real games, right? Like, I was like, wait, this. They're really playing right now, and here we are, fellas, after a hiatus of months. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to jump back into it, but I feel like this is the perfect time for us to get into it. We're literally sitting here on the eve of the 2020 season, and we're going to be kicking off tomorrow at noon against the Minnesota Vikings. So I figure, hey, why not? Let's jump back into it, because now we got something to talk about every single week. We can get back into football. Obviously, it's bigger than football, right? I mean, we've seen that even on Thursday. The social justice conversation isn't going to go anywhere in the NFL. I I will say this as a Packer fan, sometimes you can go into Packers Twitter and you can just be like, ugh. The fan base can be a little weird when it comes to this social justice thing. But what I will say as a fan, I am extremely proud of how the organization has stepped up. Uh, I'm talking about even from the beginning of all this, guys, like the Packers were at the forefront of all of this with empowering their players with the Enough is Enough video, which was incredible. I think that kind of just, that opened up some eyes, I think, in our fan base. And I'm sure some of our listeners, when they saw that, it, it, ha- it made them think, right? Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we joke a lot, right, Brad, about Billy Turner. and But in that video, you see that human being. Yeah. Right? You're just like, man, he's big. He's not just a guard or a tackle or or some guy, that elite, right? That's a person, right? Like that's a person that is from that area too, right? Like where George Floyd was killed, he's from there. Billy Turner did that. That, that hit him. 
Um, that hit him from home. It hit him as being a black man. It hit him as just just as a human being, like you said. And I just feel like the Packers have been really on top of this, guys. I'm talking about from Mark Murphy and his wife. They have been incredible. They've been putting their money where their mouth is, not just talking. And you can tell they care about this stuff. I mean, this goes back to Vince Lombardi, dude. Packers have always been at the forefront of racial justice when it comes to advocating for players and, you know, really standing up saying, hey, we're just people. There's a history of that, but there's also that that history of just racism that bubbles up in in, in many of the rural areas in our state. And it's just kind of weird, you know, and I, even on Thursday, I don't know about you guys, but m- me seeing people boo when Kansas City and Houston were trying to show unity, that shit pissed me off. Oh, right? I, was like, I, I was just like, come on, for what? You know, like, even if you don't agree, like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. You know, like, it's, it, it, it's, it was, it's not about social injustice. It's about yeah. the fact that they're standing up and using their voice uh, when all these fans just want them to shut the fuck up and just play ball. Yeah, but they ain't there just to entertain them. You know it's, what I mean? Well, like, to them, it, it is. Like, it, I, have, I have some family members that told me they are refusing to watch football because they are protesting the national anthem. Okay. Yeah. So, Same family and I'm like, I, I look at it this way. If you're more offended by players kneeling about racism, you're the problem. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, they've made it clear. It's never, it's not about the flag and all. Like if you, no. if you still don't get that, yeah, there's no matter. reason to try to explain it to you. Cause you, that's not why you, that is not the reason, right? Like let, let's just admit it. Like you like people just need to say, I don't want black people to be equal to me and just fucking admit it. Right. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous because it's gotten to this point where like they try to make all these excuses when that's not what's happening. I mean, sit there and watch George Floyd for over eight minutes with his life coming out of his body. If you think that's about a flag, right? Like, come on, man. Like, we're we're past that. You're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. So one one thing that kind of hit me this week is a video came out by the Miami Dolphins. Um, I sent it to you all in our chat. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. They were saying that we're not going to um, come out for the national anthem or the black national anthem. We're going to stay in the locker room. We feel that um, the NFL playing the uh, black national anthem along with the national anthem is just lip service. You know, it the doesn't Texans, really. The Texans doesn't did mean that nothing. on Thursday too. Yeah, they stayed in the locker room for both of them. Yeah. yeah. Before I put all my notes together, I mean, right after I put my notes together, I saw um, Baker Mayfield posted that he's going to stay for the national anthem. He changed his mind, and I kind of respect why he did it. He's like. If I kneel, it's taking away from the message. People are just going to talk about me kneeling as opposed to talking about racial injustice. Yeah. So I'm going to stand so people don't have something, have that to talk about versus talking about racial injustice. Let's let's focus on what's happening. I think ultimately they just need, we just like, let's take some words from our quarterback, right? Like, let's listen to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's take the time to listen to each other. I think so many times people try to apply their life circumstances and their surroundings and, and think that that's how the world is. God forbid that you don't realize that maybe you live in a place with a couple hundred or a thousand people and you have no clue what the real world looks like. Like sometimes people don't get that, right? Like you're from a town of 7,000 people and you really 
you really think that because you have like one black dude that like lived there your entire life that there's no racism in this country? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's my some of, so, right some there, of this shit is so funny to me because they're like, what? I know there's one black guy. And exactly. I don't hate so, him or, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, but you're missing a whole fucking point. This isn't about you, dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so funny like they all it's always about them right like it's always about them you don't want people fucking rioting and protesting and do shit but when they kneel and don't say nothing now you got a problem with that what the fuck is your problem right you know, it, it's kind of it, it doesn't matter you it know doesn't matter what they do right like, so you're always I, gonna have a problem so the problem is you just don't want people equal that's what yes. Problem is, yeah, you know, this is are uncomfortable about that conversation or, you know, I, or that realization about themselves. Like, whoa, I'm a fucking racist. I am. Yeah. Uh, or, or what about the feeling of realizing how many people you love and know or grew up with or work with? What about those fucking races? Because that shit has been happening to guys where you're like, whoa, oh, yeah. there's no doubt whoa. about that. And then like that shit hurts because you're like, I like you, but you're a fucking racist. I'd like you. But you're a fucking racist because they I try to no make time you for the bad guy because you're the one calling them out for it. But in reality, they got to look in the mirror. They do, and 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 those are the those are the hard conversations for sure. Um, and 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 that that was another thing that like when all that stuff first t- like popped off, I was starting to look at my life like none of the podcast, none of that shit mattered at that time, right? Like I was like, you know what, man, the like the world is messed up, man. I need to take care of my family, and and, and it was just like I don't know the George. Floyd one just really got me hard. And I think it did it. Look what it did to our country, guys. Like this is we've never seen anything like this. It's not going anywhere. I mean, the Vikings are welcoming George Floyd's family to the game tomorrow. Shout out to the fucking Vikings on that one. Talking about staying focused on the issue. Right. But here we are. Here we are, man. I don't know, guys. I mean, mean, feel free to chime in with anything else, but I'll tell you what, I'm proud of our organization. I love our head coach for how he's handled all this. Um, Our leaders, everything. I mean, our players are empowered. Our organization is putting money where their mouth is. I mean, Mark Murphy, he's donated. I don't mean so much money. I'm not even going to put numbers on it, but that should even reach Madison. And, And I thought that was pretty cool. Local organization, Urban Triage, that I'm fond of actually benefited from his donation. So I actually saw that that power come to Madison. So I thought that was pretty cool to see the Packers making an impact in my own community. So what I'm about to say might be a little controversial. Like you said, you see all these chats with uh, Packer fans and how bigoted they are. I want to thank them for being bigoted and protesting against the Packers because they won't be going to games. And when we can go back to games, I'll be able to go. I can get my season tickets now because people are uh, uh, (laughs) protesting. And we'll know that all the people around us aren't racist assholes. How cool would that be? So (laughs) in in a way, it's it's a thank you with a fuck you at the same time. So thank you all and uh, fuck you at the same time. Thank you. Hey, maybe Lambo, maybe Lambo will get loud because uh, the people that have had season tickets that for 50 years that sit there and yell to sit down in front will actually uh, put people in the seats that want to make some noise and make it a home field advantage again. Yeah, want to be yeah, there, that. man, and, and make right? Lambo the best, the best, the best. I mean, but Watch guys, home I mean, if you want to sit down. who knows when we'll be at Lambo again? Maybe yeah, next who knows? year. Maybe. Hey, 
Only the first two two home games are no fans. First oh, yeah, we'll see, you know. This is we'll the see. first two. And then you have um, – there's other states that are letting uh, fans in. So, hell, maybe there's a game that the Packers play a team that they let fans and we have to go do a road trip. I will say that is a kind of – that is kind of weird if you, if you look at that, right? Like some stadiums have fans and some don't. That's an advantage, right? It I don't is, care how sure. anybody look at it or not. Like that's – I mean, that kind of makes – it puts people in a weird position of like, man, we're trying to – be safe, but here we are. What if it's a, somebody in your division? And they're like, oh, nope, we're letting fans in, but you're not. Like, that could be some shit, right? I can see Chicago pulling that. Yep, Packers are coming to town. We're going to go ahead and allow, oh, we'll see 25,000 in today. And then uh, <laughs> next week we got the we got the Saints. Uh, they're a good team, but uh, they're not the Packers. We'll just say 10,000 this week. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, they, they, I don't know. It, it's just kind of, to me, it's a slippery slope. Like, Goodell, I don't know if they thought about that. Like, man, some people have fans, some people don't. Like, eh. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know if you guys heard on the, the game Thursday night, but Al Michaels said something about that. He said only two teams are letting fans in so In the whole league. Yeah. Which That's I, crazy. I, What's the other know, team? Do you know? No, I was going to ask you guys because I know it was the Chiefs, obviously, but they had I thought it was the Dolphins. Maybe it's the Dolphins. Could be. I don't know. He didn't say which one. He just said two. So, obviously, one was on TV. So, it has to be the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I didn't listen to Al Michaels because um, Chris Collinsworth list, uh, also talks, so I had to mute. I don't want to listen to that shit. So I'll he's take your, your words like for Billy it. Turner. He's like your Hey, favorite. it's Cleveland. They plan to Cleveland. allow fans at 10% capacity. Um, that's like a tenth uh, of the person. One so person shows up to the games anyhow, right? Cowboys plan to allow fans. <laughs> exact capacity is still to be announced. Colts plan to allow fans. Twenty-five hundred person limit. Jacksonville twenty-five percent percent capacity. So Chiefs, game for the Jacksonville. Chiefs did it. Was already, Jacksonville. Who I was thinking no. of? Not Miami. Uh, Chiefs. We already spoke on the Chiefs. They were loud as shit too. By the way. Yeah, I, I thought that was pumped. In I was like, wow. He was like, no, we're not enhancing it. That's them. I was actually kind of surprised. I was too. I'm like, damn. I bet it it wasn't any of the ones born. Fuck all those people. (laughs) All the other people were really cool. (laughs) You guys are awesome. (laughs) Miami, 20% capacity. So it's more than two guys, you know, not not in our division, but I'm just saying that's kind of crazy. It looks like Dallas is the only NFC team. But don't worry. Minnesota will sound like a packed stadium on Sunday with their fake freaking stop crowd noise they've been using for 30 years. Are True. they going to be doing that fucking horn still? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's just, terrible. Oh, my goodness. At least you don't have to hear Skull. Mel, they'll probably pipe that in, too. Man, so what's y'all thoughts on our initial 53? I know they made a couple moves today. The new practice squad rules are kind of cool, where you can kind of, like, elevate guys to the 53, but they're not necessarily signed. That's kind of cool. So, like, you get, like, a two extra players on the game day roster that you never really wouldn't have. So, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts? thoughts on the initial 53 i personally I, I think we've talked about this a little bit outside of the podcast but there was nothing too shocking in my eyes i think um some of the guys on the depth chart were maybe jumbled on where i thought they would be but where they're at makes sense because of no preseason games so for me i didn't see any big shockers you know we didn't sign any receivers well the ones that are playing anyways and we didn't draft any receivers and we didn't really address the right tackle position um, that can come and make an instant impact. So we kind of knew what we had there. So for me, placement on the depth chart, maybe a few surprises, but nothing shocking at all. I saw a couple of things that were kind of shocking to, to me a little bit. One more so than the other. 
Um, Love being a number three quarterback was a big surprise to me. And I know he was a project and I know he was always going to be someone who was not going to play at all in year one. Right. We all knew that. Correct. You know, I mean, he's not going to play year one. Yeah, I agree with that. But he couldn't beat out Tim Boyle. That's concerning to me just based on his talent alone. You know, Tim Tim Boyle's a guy. I mean, Love was a way better, he's a better athletic talent. He got better arm. He certainly was better in college. So that to me was is kind of an alarm a little bit, not panic, but an alarm that this pick may be a pick that we end up regretting. Now, but next year, who knows? Maybe he comes and makes huge strides and no way we should give up on him or anything. But that to me was kind of a, a surprise that on raw talent alone, Love couldn't beat out. Tim Boyle. And the second surprise for me, which is a lesser surprise, but was Dylan being the number three back as opposed to the number two back. And only because I thought Dylan, just because of his, his set, he was a perfect opposite to Aaron Jones. And, um, and I just thought that he would probably beat out Williams. And I thought about it more and I was like, well, Williams, what's, what's the one thing that we all know Williams does really well? He's great in pass protection. Okay, That's the one thing that he probably does better than any back that we have on our roster, honestly. He was actually um, rated the highest in the NFL last year for yeah. backs and pass yeah. blocking. So. so that makes sense. And I thought about it. So that was, yeah. And, and so, but just that using our a second round pick. On, on Dylan, I thought he was going to end up being number two. Otherwise, there really wasn't any surprise. But Love is the one to me that he couldn't beat out Tim Boyle. That was the one that kind of got me a little bit. Yeah, that's a, I don't know about you, but that made me nervous too, man. I mean, yep. some of those highlights that we did get to see, <laughs> you know, they were trying, they player hated on us all training camp. We, the Tim the Tim Boyle light show was on fire, though. You know, I'm not that concerned about it. If y'all remember Rogers' rookie year, he looked like shit. In preseason. Facts. Like, th- this is a, our heir apparent to Brett Favre. This guy blows. So, but the, the fact he also, that, he also was a projected number one pick. He was. He <laughs> was. <laughs> my, right? my point is, he we got, reached he got love. pieces They're of games to play. They're just not the same. So, I think he, sometimes people, it's not apples to apples with those two guys. Oh, definitely not. Right? Like, but, Jordan Love literally was a project pick. He didn't fall into our laps like that. We reached on that, and Aaron Rodgers fell to us. That that's that's the there's a huge difference there. So many Packer fans are confused there. No, I'm not saying they are, but I'm just saying Rodgers rookie year he looked like shit. But the difference was Aaron Rodgers had four preseason games his rookie year. Love didn't have shit. He had no game experience to really test anything that he's learning. If this is the same story next year, I'm on board with what Rob said. Yeah. But I just, I think we need to give a little bit of slack. Oh, I'm not saying we should No, yeah, up. the preseason games yeah. are huge for those young quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't disagree. And even that didn't look bad last year. But even that first year with, with, with uh, Rodgers, right? He would look like shit, but you always saw like a, a moment. Yeah. And you'd be like, holy shit. What was that? Right? Like, you'd be like, whoa, that's that's the number one pick shit, right? I did did hear the Sunday scrimmage that they had that Love actually looked pretty good. I'm not saying we should give up on him. I want to be clear on that. I'm, I'm not saying that by any means, especially in an environment like this, when you're as talented as Love is. And from what I've seen in college, he is he is legitimate first round talent. At least I think he is. It, it's just that he should have just beat out regardless of how ready or how ready he is not than Tim Boyle. 
that's that's more really my my concern lies than I think he's going to be a bust. I I don't think he's going to be a bust. I don't know he's going to be a bust yet. It's too early, like you said, Brett, and and, and such. However, I think there's reason to be to show a little concern about where he is. So the thing about Boyle, though, this is year two in the system for him. It is, and he had a whole you know. All the training camp last year, preseason last year. This year he comes in, he already knows the system. COVID, not practicing, not having OTAs, not having preseason games. I'm not surprised at all that Boyle beat him out. You know, if if they had OTAs were in uh, preseason games, I'd probably be a little bit more shocked, but I'm not shocked at all. Especially look how good Boyle looked in the preseason last year. You know, and they want a a guy who's going to be able to come in and back up Rodgers when Mr. Uh, when Rogers has been Mr. Glass the last few years, getting hurt, something, getting nicked up. They want someone who's going to be able to come in and start. So I, I, that's why I'm not surprised at all that Boyle got the edge at uh, number two. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I don't – I really – honestly, I don't think I have a lot uh, in the shocking department. Um, I guess I can go off what Robert said about Dylan. You guys know I've been fanboy on Dylan since before we drafted him. Um, I was hoping that he would be a two-back, but after reading some rankings on Williams and the pass protection, uh, you know, PFF had him ranked number one running back at pass blocking in the NFL last year, so I respect them. They, their rankings are awesome. So to see him at two doesn't surprise me. And then I read earlier this week, I did read that, you know, the, the coaching staff wants him to develop more as a receiver, uh, which he never had to do in college. He just got the ball and ran between the tackles and made plays with his size and speed. So I think, you know, those are two things that a young back can work on. And we already have two really good backs. You know, I, Jones is obviously the best, but Williams is solid number two. So if they can groom Dylan into learning uh, catching out of the backfield in, in third down situations and, and also being able to block on passing situations, we are, the guy's going to be a stud runner. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind. Just the size of that dude and speed is just, that's just gifted right there. So uh, realistically, you know, I don't really have any big shockers. One guy I do want to name that I, I was a little bit surprised Prize is Jay Sternberger, how far down the depth chart he ended up. I thought yeah. going in, he was supposed to be some sort of weapon, and he's he's, he's three. looking on up. <laughs> he's three. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be that they got old. They got Big Dog at one. They got Tanya at the number uh, two. So, I mean, Jace got jumped by Tanya. Which is yeah, crazy. Bad man. Sign for Jace. Very bad sign. That is a big – actually, that's a big shocker. That's a shocker, guys. That's our third-round pick last year. I don't know, but Tanya, you know, he's been training with Kittle. I don't know if that means anything, but Aaron Rodgers loves him and thinks he's going to be a supreme weapon for our team, and he's been making splash plays all training camp. They say he brings that athletic, just crazy, like, burst to the field on offense. So I was like, whoa. They're comparing him to Kittle, and I hate to say that because, like, he's so damn – I'm good. If he even gives us a little bit of that, I'd be excited. I don't care whose name is on the back of that tight end jersey as long as we have a tight end who's catching the damn ball and making freaking plays because we haven't had it. Well, we've had a few glimpses in the past, but Rodgers hasn't had a guy that can stay healthy and stay consistent. And when we did have a young, healthy guy in Jermichael Finley, he couldn't, he got we played great, got hurt, and then we went for guys that were washed up from there on after. Maybe yeah. Jared Cook was one exception, but we let him walk. So Jamal's been getting high praise this year, too, guys. Um, they say even Aaron Rodgers said it. He said uh, probably the most impressive guy coming back. Zach, it's crazy you mentioned they want him to improve as a receiver. I think the reason why is because he had 39 catches last year, 253 yards, and he averaged six and a half yards a catch and had five touchdowns. So they see him as a weapon. 
happen there because he can block. They're like, dude, to get better at this shit because you're already really good at blocking. You get even better as a receiver. You're going to be a, a really good weapon on third down. So I'm, I'm not shocked that they wanted him to come back a more complete player. I mean, shit, he had 107 rushes last year and 460 yards, and he ran for 4.3 yards a carry. He's definitely a good number two. Dylan's going to have to earn it, man. We talked about that, right? Like, Jamal, I, I will say this. When Jamal saw Dylan get picked, you don't think he was motivated? Yeah, oh, he, he was, was He was probably chomping at the bit, yeah, man. And then when those man, pictures on Twitter came out. Those, those are men, right? Like, he's a man. He's a pro. He's like, shit, he got some pride. He, he knows that he, you know, what he brought to the team last year. Like, he was a very valuable part of an off. He's not going to go away quietly, that's for sure. Absolutely. I think Williams more. made himself a pretty decent career, though, even if the Packers did let him go. I think he's going to be in the NFL a while. I, I think he's yeah. a good NFL player. I mean, he even if, if Dylan turns out to be the stuff and we end up getting rid of Williams, I don't think he'll be long before Williams is on another team and being productive. I mean, Williams I mean, wasn't yeah. bad when he was uh, the featured back. I mean, he yeah, had, he he's got some good games on, under his belt. It's just that Aaron Jones yeah. is that much better. But this, might be, this and, might be crazy. This might be yeah. crazy thinking, right? All right, let's yeah. see. So but, you see Dalvin Cook just signed his deal, right? Yep. yep. Kamara just signed his deal. Aaron Jones is saying, you know, I don't know. I'm just waiting my turn. What if he doesn't get a deal? What if it's Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon? You have to roll with it. Because I'm looking at, dude, next year, our salary cap, we're in horrible shape. Yep. Like, I don't even see how we're going to keep everybody. Like, how are we going to sign anybody? It's weird. Like, because the NFL salary is dropping so much. We're going into next year in, like, dire straits, basically. We had a lot of guys that need contracts. So, like, where is the money going to come? Who's staying? Who's going? In my mind, it seems like they're going to be trying to cut corners. I don't know where they're going to cut them. I hope, I mean, they're saying that they're trying to get the deal done with Jones then that means Bakhtiari's gone. That means Corey Lindsley's yep. gone. Yeah. That means so many of these guys are gone. And, and I don't think Packer Nation is ready for that. I do not think that Packer Nation understands next year is going to feel like uh, it's going to be like a war of attrition. You're going to be like, holy shit, they're, who got cut? Oh, and them, and them, and them, and them. Like, it's going to be crazy. I don't I don't know, Robert, and, and I know you're a cap guy, a numbers guy, but you can maybe can walk us through that a little bit better. But we're not in good shape when it comes to the cap next year. No, we're, we're not. And, and and I think that's really that we were going to, I remember just looking at what we were going to talk about with Darren Jones. That's why I was kind of in the opinion of, we don't want to uh, pay the guy now, especially a guy who's overpaid. I mean, Aaron Jones, is he the most talented back on our roster that we know of right now? Yeah, he is. And he, he's a special weapon because of what he can do out of the backfield. He, he's a little scrollish in that he gets in the open field off a screen or a wheel route. Watch out. I mean, the guy, he could score. But at the same time, do we want to pay top dollar? Do we want to pay him one of those uh, really high contracts for a guy who's not a every down running back? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's... Hey, Dalvin got five years, 60, what, 63 million or 62 exactly. million? Kamara got five at 72. Like, yeah. like, like Aaron Jones literally has not played a season where he didn't get hurt. Exactly. And, and now I think he's more comparable to Kamara uh, of those two, if you know what I mean. I mean, just their skill sets. Mixon, uh, Mixon, he got four for 48. You want to pay Aaron Jones 12 million a year? I think that might be okay. Yeah, I'd be good with that deal. 
Yeah, I'd be fine with the Mixon deal, but those other two make me want to broke, I think. I just, those are huge just... deals, especially, like, when you look at our situation, guys. Like, Tay's going to be coming up. Box comes up, and it's like, who are we going to have? We have well, we have no receivers hey. under contract after next year. And None. Just as King, important King's up next year, too. Yeah, Who's King. the most important free right. agent we have? The most important free agent we have coming up is Bakatari. There's no question about that. Yeah, because we haven't because we haven't filled like we haven't found somebody that can replace him. Nope. But then like I worry, do we really want to let a guy like Aaron Jones leave and not get his prime? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he he has, he's not in he's not in his those are the decisions that like Russ Ball and those guys gotta have. We're not in a position where we can just say bye to Bach either. Because we we look what happened when we did that with Bulaga. Yep, it's true. <laughs> now that right side of our line, we might have got a gift with Daniil Hunter going on the IR. I would just say that for sure, absolutely. Do you guys uh, see that Billy Turner is actually uh, doubtful for tomorrow? Yeah, he's out. So it's, out. it's Wagner. It's going to be Wagner and, <laughs> and and Big Dog over there as a fucking pseudo right tackle part deal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be Wagner and Big Dog playing tackle together. That's what the hey, fuck is gonna be. Sign my ass up. I'll go play right tackle. Hey, I will say this though, guys. I will say this. I mean, only having to deal with one pass rusher because Yannick and Dockway and Daniil Hunter. That's a nightmare. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nightmare. Can, you, can you say that again? I, you said that really well. Who? who? Yannick and Dockway. And fuck Daniel that. Hunter. I can't say that shit. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a master's degree in uh, communications. You know. I, I have a master's degree and I can't even speak English, so I'm not going to try to say that. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the cunning linguist all the time, though, you know, especially when I'm sipping on Kavasa. You rehearsed that. He <laughs> <laughs> was in the mirror. Yeah, I expect Roger Brett, to be Brett's going to say this question and I got to be ready for this shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man. What what player are you most excited about entering the game tomorrow? I mean, literally, guys, this is the eve of the fucking kickoff to the season. What player are you most excited about entering week one? So I actually got two, Dexter. One offense, one defense. Dylan is who, for offense, I'm really excited about. Um, because our short yardage over the last couple of years has been absolute shit. Yep. And I think his size, his speed, his ability is where we're going to excel in the run game. You know, I'm so sick of like the fourth and uh, like half an inch that we get pushed back and tackle three yards in the backfield. I want I want someone who's going to make get get that first down. I want someone who's going to get that touchdown. The other guy is uh, Kirksey. Everything that I've been hearing out of uh, training camp is he's better than advertised. If he's healthy, he is going to be a steal for us. My thought is if he if he's as good as he uh, everyone's talking about, we're going to have a top five defense this year. Because we already have above-average defensive backs. We have above-average defensive line, but we have dick for middle linebackers. So if he's as good as uh, everyone's saying he is, uh, our defense is going to rock. Changes the game, Brett. No bullshit. That, I, I mean, I, that's a good point. And, and I was talking to some of my guys about this, that middle linebacker position. And with the Packers, I know Goody didn't go get people. One guy I think we should think about is Todd Davis. He, he, he just yes. got released with, from the Broncos. The guys won a Super Bowl. He's a legit first, second down, run stopper uh, linebacker. Legit. I'll say, okay, let, let's take a look at Todd Davis. But when you look at our defense, how often do we have two linebackers on the field? Rare. 
It's Fair. we live live in nickel and dime defense, right? So, Brett, to your point, if Kirksey is what he's supposed to be, he's immediately better than Blake Martinez, right? Yeah. Shouts out to Blake, tackling machine, but he didn't make any tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He no. didn't flash plays. He couldn't cover athletic people. Like, a tight end that could run a 4-6 made him look like he was just like his head was cut off, right? Like, he couldn't yeah. do anything, right? He can't cover. You're, you, it's just like, dude, you're just like stopping people. You're not stopping plays you're not blowing up plays Kirksey blows plays up right? I mean I, I can get 155 tackles letting guys run my ass over and just follow over the top of me I'm, yes, exactly. I mean, I'm pro ball every year by by that definition you know I want a guy who's going to put his nose at the line of scrimmage and put someone on their ass I don't want to have to watch a guy get run over or at know? least be there right yeah stop make a play the scrimmage or oh they're doing play action the guy's going out of the backfield he's running with them step for step right like come on yeah. like we need that. Oh, George Kittle types, you know, these tight ends that we got to face in the playoffs and stuff, like, always getting just tore up, right? Yeah, Anytime yes. we, you know, we play any type of fucking team with a tight end, they, like, light our ass up. You know what I mean? Like, when, back, back in the 90s, Packers versus 49ers, they had Jones, their tight end, who was just, was one of the best tight ends in the league at the time, and Wayne Simmons made him his bitch. That's what we need for a, a linebacker. Someone's going to put a tight end on his ass coming off the line of scrimmage, not sit there and play patty cake with them. Playmaker. I, and, and honestly, if Kirksey is what he's been throughout camp and what he's shown on tape before, man, that defense has a ton of potential, gentlemen. So many playmakers. So many, up from top to bottom, so many playmakers on the defense that are athletic and can go get the ball. That's what I'm excited about. Oh, speak, speaking of the defensive line, though, real quick, is Mac, did he get signed to the practice squad? Did he get signed? to the active roster. I saw a conflict in reports. He's on a practice squad right now. Okay, because I watched some film on this dude. That's he's like a, Gilbert he's Brown like, he's version 2.0. Object. He's in a movable yeah. object. You he put really him is. next to Clark? Holy shit. So, I don't know. Maybe they got to coach him up. He's got to learn the scheme, but he might he might, he might, might prove to be very valuable for that run defense some point this year. Yeah, and just so you guys know it too, I'm on the Packers official transactions and Dex is correct. It is, he did get sight of the practice squad on Friday. Right. That's really good for us. I I actually think the new practice squad rules really work in our favor. Absolutely. Like, it's kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to lie, because, I mean, I look at the depth chart. Another guy I was kind of shocked about was Malik Taylor. Um, coming in and, and being the backup. And also Lazard in the slot. You guys didn't see that shit? Yes, I did. You're not shocked yeah. about that? Wait, I mean, I, all year I'm thinking it was going to be EQ in the slot. Here it is. They, nope. EQ was the backup to Tay and MVS. Outside. That's actually the player I'm most excited about, Zach. Is that yeah, Lazard. so. That was my player, damn it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Lazar's got to be good, guys. He's got to yeah, be he good. Is. We need yeah, that slot. He's got to be. He, he's got to be. Who else do they have? Nobody. Well, uh, I mean, I like, I, I like the idea, right? Think about it. I like the idea. Lazar locks down the slot. Yeah, it's so big. We don't so have to think serious. about, right? And all serious though, though, about Lazar, I don't think it's. I don't think it's hope. I think he showed last year. That yeah, he, he showed he showed some real chemistry with Rodgers. You know that, that what I call the Tony Martin rule. He used to be a wide receiver with Atlanta, and he just had this nice chemistry with the quarterback. And he just kind of came from San Diego, and he came to Atlanta, and then all of a sudden he showed it. He was just immediately clicked with him, and and that that's kind of how I see Lazard and Rodgers. 
is that that kind of chemistry you can't teach. It's kind of innate in a way. And that's why I think he's legit. I, I think he, not to get off the topic here, I think he's going to be a good fantasy player this year because I think he's going to get, catch a lot of balls this year that, that uh, might surprise uh, a lot of, yeah. a lot I mean, of especially being in the slot, that means he's getting dump offs and yes. and a little more than just the you know the the toss ups and end zone and stuff like that. So it all, it all depends on it all depends on his adjustment from uh, year one to year two. Nobody had a lot of film on him, so he was able to do things that normally probably wouldn't be able to do since there's no film on him. This, this year, teams have a whole. Highlight reel of him. So he's got to make those adjustments. So I would love to see Lazard step up and be a true number two. But being that there's our tight ends really aren't pass catchers, at least as of right now, they're not. Um, Lewis catches what, five balls it. a year. They haven't proven. They haven't proven they haven't shit. Proven. Yeah. The only proven wide receiver we have on our team is, um, oh my God. Adams. Adams. Adams, thank you. Is Adams. is the only proven receiver we have. And Aaron Jones so, is running back. <laughs> that don't mean shit. So, like, Funches opting out fucked the Packers at yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that one hurt, man. I was excited tough, about him, too. I was, you know, too. And, and then when he opted out, there were still um, Josh Gordon and Tyler Gabriel that were out there. Gabriel recently opted out um, just, like, last week, and Josh Gordon signed, like, a week ago. Yeah, These are players – yeah, he's resigned with Seattle. These are receivers that could have – He's not helped. inactive, though, so I don't know. He's not active, but – Still, Seattle wouldn't have signed him if they weren't going to be able to use him this year. What do you guys think? Do you think Green Bay is playing the long game on Antonio Brown? Maybe eight-game suspension. Maybe they're just going to hold And more, so, they're saying, potentially for him. There, there is potential. I think teams are waiting for his legal troubles because he's got um, a court date coming up um, that may extend uh, his suspension. I don't so, want to be wrong here, but I would say this, too. And, Robert, let me know if you know this one. Um, after week one, the guaranteed contracts for vets go from 100% to 35%. I believe so, you are correct. That's correct. I read that. Always looking for deals. So maybe after week one, uh, Goody starts digging in the cookie jar. You know, that was going to be one of my points is uh, there's a um, mutual interest between uh, Green Bay and Veldir. And yep. I read that one of the reasons why they may not have signed him yet is they're waiting for week one to be done. So that way they don't have to fully guarantee his contract. Russ Ball wanted them ever. Need your Scrooge, motherfucker. <laughs> right? right? I mean, how, how many uh, uh, Twitter posts have we seen about Green Bay needing an offensive line and you see Valdir raising his hand? Yeah, like, he's like, hey, hey I'm over here. I know you're right. I played in a playoff game. <laughs> we we do want better, you, man, uh, but we don't want uh, to pay Turner you. and uh, uh, Wagner, I'm right here. Oh, God. That so, is just, that's <laughs> Man, oh, I quit. Booty can lick my ass. We were literally just talking about Alan Lazard being the number two for the Green Bay Packers offense. I'm happy for him. If he's the truth, I'm fucking happy for him. Okay, okay, okay. Now hear me out. Does that really mean that Aaron Rodgers has enough to win a Super Bowl in Green Bay? Nope. (laughs) No. When when Alan Lazard is your number two, like, are you really... Uh, No, stings. 
No, it hurt, don't it? It hurt. It hurts to like really have to say that on the Packer Backer podcast. But guys, I don't know if we have enough to win a Super Bowl. No, we don't. No, we don't. Unless unless the 49ers have had their offense get injured, the Cowboys. uh, Well, they hired Michael Carter. Which which the 49ers offense is right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did hire McCarthy. So Ezekiel Elliott's going to run for 350 yards and two touchdowns all year. (laughs) I hope. So, I hope so, because then that means nobody's on my fantasy team. I need him to rush for like five thousand yards and seventy-nine touchdowns, but it's not going to happen. We just have three. Seriously, goals. though, do you guys think we got enough to to win? No, even no. We, we 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 don't have enough to win for the next two or three years. The way that we drafted this year, we drafted draft and develop players. We didn't draft day one starter players. There's next year, we we have nineteen free agents. After yeah. signing Clark and uh, oh crap, who did we just sign? Uh, there was another guy we just signed. Kenny Clark was the one. I thought there was someone else. Anywho, I'll just say we just signed one guy. That's it. So we had twenty free agents. We had yeah, and, and we just I uh, just mentioned not that long ago we don't have a lot of money next year. No, no, and they have so many free agents. So it's like all right, it's these young guys that they drafted. Like you said, they're they're looking down the future. So are they yeah. saying all right? Is this year? I'm sorry, Packer fans. This is the year. If we don't do it this year, the next couple of years are gonna be kind of shit. I'm saying exactly. I just it don't look good, man. I'm sorry. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, we got. If we, we lose got, Aaron Rodgers, that means we're transitioning into a whole new era. We have no clue what that's going to be. We can't. We can't trade Aaron Rodgers next year. We have Rodgers for two more years. Twenty twenty two is the soonest that will happen. Yes. Nope. So, but next year we're going to lose a lot of guys. It's going to be yeah. weird. It's going to be so, weird, and I don't think anybody is ready for that. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. We'll, we'll get like mm, 13, 14 pick. We, I mean, honestly, best case scenario, I don't know, man. I'm I'm hoping, like I said, I still believe this year this team has enough talent to be 11 and 5, 10 and 6 in that range. I'm firm on that, but I'm just worried about next year, dude, because we haven't signed so many of these guys that matter long term, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know where the money's going to come from, especially with oh. the salary. The salary cap is falling like a lot. And, yeah. and with the COVID shit, and I don't know, man. We're at a disadvantage right now. Uh, and it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. And it's the holes we have that are so glaring. Uh, to use an NBA analogy, I'm going to use the Houston Rockets as an example, right? Houston Rockets, have, they, they have two of the best players in the NBA. They got Russell Westbrook and James Harden and nobody else. And they have nobody above 6'5" on their team where you all know, six, seven, but so, but the thing is that they're so easy to exploit that even though they get into the playoffs, what are the Lakers doing to them? Anthony Davis is destroying them. Well, let's go to the Packers now. We don't have a right tackle. Okay. That's a pretty big flaw. <laughs> we don't have a right tackle. We have an unknown at number two wide receiver. We all hope it's Lazard. I believe in him, but we don't know who that is. But then the other big issue is even if Kirksey plays great, we still got a giant hole at inside linebacker. So when we get to the playoffs, even if we get to the playoffs, who thinks we're going to win a game or two? I don't. I don't think we're going to. I think those, there's too many good teams that will exploit that. Can, can you imagine what the Vikings are going to do to us with no right tackle? We're about to find out, bro. And yeah, about, find uh, out. Yeah. what, uh, T minus what? How many out? 15 hours? 15 hours, you know. And it, T minus 15 hours in what, two, three minutes? But even but like <laughs> San Francisco, right? San Francisco. What if we play San Francisco in the playoffs, right? I think. We're going to find out what our run defense is. I I won't judge this on week one, but when we go on the road to play San Francisco week eight, I bet you we know who we are then. 
I, I, you know, you know who's going to be playing that week. That week, love is love is going to start. He he's going to be running for his life, and um, Rogers is like going to walk out and be like, "Fuck this! I'm not getting injured." Love your, your turn, my man. He's going to put. Oh, no. he, he's going to have his Willie Demon moment. Hey, you know what though? We might have Kamal Martin back by then. Hopefully, I, yeah. I think that's really. I was really excited about Kamal Martin. Yeah, guys. me too. I thought he was going to be. Oh. Pick that saved our draft. You know, uh, another player like, who might be back. Another player who might be back is um, Curtis Bolton. Bolton. Chris He's on Barnes the pop. Made the fifty-three. He's on and the he pop right now. Chris Barnes got elevated to the fifty-three today yep. from the practice squad. Yeah, I saw that too. I don't know, man. I what I see on the horizon, you know, with all like the the drafting kind of showed it, right? With with Deguara and Dylan, and then that just slew of offensive linemen at the end. Yep. They're moving into a running game, right? Yep. Like, they want to be a running team. That's going to be how they try to transition over these next couple years with this salary cap issues, is that they're going to try to rely on a running game, uh, a good defense, a really good defense, I think. The defense is set, right? That That's one thing to where we can be happy about, guys, is our defense is going to be fine. We just need an inside linebacker, that's it. Right? They're young. Kirksey's locked up. We got Martin, right? Hopefully... We find some health with him, and he's the guy that can be, you know, the other guy. Maybe Oren Burt's showing proves for once. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. Ty Summers, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But our defense is going to be good. I just worry about the offense, you know, without Bakhtiari, without uh, Devontae Adams locked up long term, without a true number two. Um, so we're, we're transitioning into this team that's like, all right, not about Aaron Rodgers and his weapons. It's about these running backs. You know, let's talk about the status of the Packers running game. Is that the best unit on the team outside of outside linebacker right now? I think so. It's a deep. It has anyway. to be. I mean, it, it's definitely the deepest and there's definitely uh, the talent. You know, the, the talent there is just off the charts on paper. Well, we know two of the guys are super talented. We know a third guy has the potential. And then you look at the practice squad. Dexter Williams had a, had a good camp from everything I read. And uh, he couldn't even speak in because of the depth that we have in the in the 53. So uh, I think there. There's a, there's a ton of potential there. It's just all a matter of, you know, the one. that's the one thing I'll say about our pass game. This is why I go back to agree with Robert on Al Lazard is if we got a running game, that makes a throw as a passing game a lot easier. So that makes a six foot five guy running over the middle out of the slot a much easier target when you got linebackers cheating because they think it's a run. Fingers crossed we can get that run game going early in, in Minnesota and without the crowd noise, it should be should be a totally different atmosphere than what we're used to when we go play at Minnesota. Yeah, and, and you also too with, with Aaron Jones, which is unique about him and his skills that he caught 49 balls last year, okay? And uh, Dexter, you know, Dexter mentioned that Jamal caught 35 passes last year. So it's not like our backs are kind of single threat guys. They're, they're all kind of versatile um, in terms of what your play calling options are for Rodgers. So I think that I think that's a very big positive that we don't have just one-dimensional runners on our team. Now Dylan has to prove he can catch too, and with the upside of our running back core, I can't remember when we had three as good of backs on our roster from you know overall since back a long time. I mean, even even those '96 teams, we had Edgar Bennett and we had Dorsey Levens, and obviously that's a great one-two punch. You know, we're we're getting talent-wise, 
we're getting close there. And we got Tyler Irvin. We do have Tyler Irvin too. Dude, he he's been he's also been buzzing all camp. Yeah. He almost yeah. made the team as a wide receiver. So that lets you know what they're doing with our running back group yeah. when you talk about versatility, bro. Nope. Tyler, they're talking about he's gonna be split out wide. He's gonna be in the slot. He's gonna be a running back. He's our kick returner. He's our punt returner. So he's our number four, he's our number four running back. <laughs> like this is crazy. So, so the, the talent, one thing I like the talent is crazy there, guys. The thing I love about Irvin is the Packers finally have themselves a Darren Sproles. They haven't had a player that dynamic in I don't know how long. He saved our return game last year. He did. Single-handedly. I mean, we let Michael Hyde walk, and I, 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 I'm still kind of salty about Hyde walking. I ain't going to lie. Like, one of my favorite players ever. Yeah, he saved us. We were the worst team in the league before Neg- he showed Negative up. nine yards, I believe we had. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, like, he, yeah. 11, instantly, he showed up. The season. And, he showed up and transformed that group. That is crazy. That's impact. That and, is. And it's weird because you never think of one player like that on your 53 making that much of a difference. When you're dead last in something like punt return yardage and return yardage, that hurts the offense. That hurts your team, right? So, like, people don't understand, like, yes, churning that bottom of the roster fucking matters and getting Irvin and actually, like, tapping into his versatility and talent, it's going to be cool. Like, when do you see your number four running back make an impact? on your team like that. Yeah, it's true. You just you know, don't it, see it. Um, that group is special, guys. I, I think the running back group is damn fucking good. Who has more yards this year, Dylan or Williams? Um, I think Williams is going to have more yards, but Dylan's going to have more touchdowns. They're going to um, be impactful in their own uh, own ways. I'm very interested to see what happens tomorrow. I want to see in short yard situations if they're going to let Dylan just try to run between tackles, get a couple of opportunities, or if they're going to make him sell on the sidelines and learn some more. I, I think you draft a guy in the second round with that much talent. I don't see how you don't give him some cracks at it, but I obviously think that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will have more snaps by far tomorrow. But it's still what situations that Dylan does see the field will be interesting to me. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking at this talent, gentlemen, and I'm like, Dylan, Williams, Irvin, those three alone, I think, could get the running game going. Do we extend Aaron Jones right now, or do we wait till after the year? Because I feel like if we extend him now, we'll get him cheaper. I think because if we wait, he either – the only way it doesn't the only way it doesn't go up is if he gets hurt cuz i just feel like if he has another breakout year like he had last year his numbers only going to go up do we extend him now to like a mix in deal i don't want to go kamara level or cook level and i don't even know if he's looking for that like he hasn't talked about it he's had the right attitude but i just like looking long term with cap and how how things are looking i would love to have him in his prime you know i hate to see somebody leave before they even reach their prime we did that with like Casey Hayward and I think we paid for that for a few years letting oh, letting yeah. guys go and not paying them when they're at their best and letting other teams get their best you know what I mean like to me that just it's not smart especially for a team that says that they pride themselves in draft and develop don't draft a guy and then let him go before he hits his prime that's the Bach versus Jones debate Bach He's, he's had his prime. He's still going to be damn, damn good. One of the best in the league for, for a few more years. Do you pay him and get, get that? Or do you pay somebody else that's just entering their prime? I think ultimately the teams that get it right is they pay the guys that are in their prime. They don't pay the they don't pay the other guy that's kind of on possibly on the way down. Not yeah, that's, the, that's the Bill Belichick method right there. He was, it is. He is it is. And, and honestly, you're not going to get them all right. 
You know, no. you're, you're just not. But what worries me is they did not go out and try to find the next bot. <laughs> so exactly. if you let him walk, you already let Bulaga walk. You haven't found his replacement. We don't have his replacement. And, and we talked about that because we got to deal with that tomorrow when we face the Vikings. The right side of our line is such a huge question mark. They got Billy Turner. Billy Turner can play left tackle. Yeah, but, you know. Oh, my God. Don't ever talk. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The best lineman on our team is probably Elton Jenkins. He is. He is. He is. So good. But he's also the biggest. He's the longest. He's 6'5". Yeah, he's 6'5", 315 pounds. Is our left tackle of the future on the roster already? Or right tackle? I, I, I don't think so. I think we keep him at left guard. Do you? I if do. He, if he's your best player and you have a need at these premier positions, I just think you got to at least look at it because they have other guys that can play guard. I'd yeah. rather see I'd rather see Billy Turner play guard than tackle. I'd rather see Lane Taylor play guard than tackle. Remember when Lane Taylor? Remember when Lane played tackle? Yeah, you suck ass. <laughs> I'm kidding. God. <laughs> it was the worst. Mac put him on his back like 14 oh, times last year before he That's got all I'm saying. I just is... worry about it. So I feel like they're, we're going to get in a pinch. We're going to end up losing a guy like Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams, somebody like that that's in their prime to pay a tackle money when you should have been drafting his replacement already. If, if Green Bay wants to keep both Jones and Bakhtiari, they sign Jones now before he has another breakout year. I was watching. I, I follow a guy. I don't know if y'all follow him. Ken English, he's like a cap analyst for, he just loves like the Packers cap and numbers and shit. And he said the Packers don't even have enough cap room to even franchise tag Bakhtiari next year. Oh, wow. I so think about that. that's dire straits, bro. Like if what you don't you, even, uh, they have to clear $28 million from the cap. Shout out to Ken English. They have to clear $28 million of cap before they could even attempt to franchise tag him. Yeah. No, they don't even have enough money to tag him. So, holy Christ. if you don't have a deal with him, you can't tag him. What's going to happen to your fucking generational left tackle? He's going to he go. He walks. He walks. He goes get fucking ton of money somewhere else, and he plays five more years at a high level. Um, as of right now, sudden palm trees. As, as of right now, Green Bay has 4,285,190. Nothing. In cash base. As of that's right now. Sign me. That's nothing, bro. And th that's Dang. nothing, especially if the salary cap is up. Uh, uh, expected to uh, it goes down, go down by a lot. Yeah, um, that uh, thirty-six million cap hit for Aaron Rodgers. You can't. Is, uh, that's what I'm saying. Go. He's not going anywhere next year. Z Zadarius might get cut or traded. Never. Never. Hey, hey I'm Never. looking at. Hey, not gonna happen. His cap hit is twenty point seven five million, and he's worth it. Worth everything. Hey, 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 I don't steal. want him to go. I'm not. I'm not That's advocating not for him to cut. I'm just That's saying that go. these are the players that w could be let go. His dead cap is ten million, so they would save just over ten million by cutting him. Not gonna happen. So we'll see. What you mean? He led the NFL in pressures. He's like literally like the fan favorite. Like if I love people would guys. riot. Like I think like it'd be people outside with pitchforks at Lambo if you cut that motherfucker. Oh, I would. I would. I'd be pissed. I already told you I'm taking application. I'm taking <laughs> application. You cut Zadarius Smith, I will be a Ravens fan next week. <laughs> I swear to God. Like this is crazy. Like if they do some shit like that, bro, I'm I'm not nope. 
I'm not having it. You get rid of Z, bro. Like, that's like ripping out somebody's heart. You might as well, like, finish him. <laughs> it's finish over. Him. Yep, it's over. Fatality. Fatality. He is no longer a Packers <laughs> fan. It's, it's over. Because I'm gone, bro. It, it, it's just not happening. I'm not dealing with that shit. Brett, you just traumatized me, man. Hey, hey, just because I like you, I'm going to traumatize you more. TJ Watt. You're welcome. Ugh. <laughs> Honestly, uh, hey, that one don't even hurt me no more. I oh, got I, over that one because we got the Smith. Yeah, that helps right there. You yeah. get rid of Z? Oh, my God. Now we got a problem. I'm just looking at what the salary cap is and where we can make moves. I don't no, want I him to know, go. I'm, I'm, he is I'm the fucking heart and soul of the team. I'm just saying, I don't think people <laughs> understand how bad a shape we actually are in the salary Yeah, cap. yeah. We're like, not in good shape, and we're not going to be able to sign anybody. And people but what's happening? We're not signing nobody, but everybody's leaving. Yeah, because we don't got no fucking money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say this. Z is the heart and soul of the Green Bay Packers. Not Aaron Rodgers. Z is. He came in his day players, one. His teammates will tell you that right now. He's such a leader, both on and off the field. He just has that infectious personality. You could tell he'd be just a cool dude to chill with, you know, and just talk with. He just has that aura around him, just a positivity. You could tell that guy probably never has a bad day. He always tries to keep it on the positive side, and then he just comes out and jacks up the crowd, which will be like five tall boys and a couple linesmen this year. No, but, I was just going to say, like, guys like him, they really feed off the crowd. For sure. Let's unpack that a little bit. I mean, what's going to be the impact of no fans in a stand? There's no home field advantage. Yeah. Is there even home field advantage? No. Like, we're going to Look be what at, happened to the Bucks in the playoffs, yeah, in the we'll bubble. We'll be at U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow, right, playing the Vikings. That's one of the loudest places to play in the NFL when it's packed. Yeah. There's no fans there tomorrow. Like, do they have an advantage? No, I don't think there's no. an advantage no. at all. Honestly, maybe maybe if they got the guy, uh, the, the groundskeeper, like, uh, doing the sprinkler system, that's about but it. But I just think, like, honestly, like, it, there's no there's no home field advantage. There isn't. It's weird. It's weird. And I don't it, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Kansas City and Houston game was a little different because it was at like 22% or whatever whatever it was. The game felt normal, though. I was shocked. I, and I told my guys this. I was talking to a couple of my buddies about it. I was shocked how clean the game was played. I actually was, too. There wasn't a ton of missed tackles. Oh, like, I the, like, I was like, oh, they're going to be jumping off. They're going to be missing tackles like crazy. They're not going to. No, it was like Kansas City was like on their shit. Well, oil machine. You know, Houston kind of started a little slow but like it was a clean game like super competitive I was really actually blown away by that I'm not gonna lie yeah I'm with you on that and that's one thing about the whole home field home field advantage you have to look at it this way too that's a huge advantage for a defense of a home team when they, their crowd is jacked and you can get false starts and then that sets the offense back instead of third and five it's third and ten so you don't have that anymore you know you don't have the crowd drowning out the count and getting guys to jump and if you do well they'll be sitting on the bench most likely because because they suck. I think that's going to, you guys are going to see a lot even tomorrow. I think it's going to be so much different in Minnesota. Yeah, you're still going to Minnesota, but an empty stadium, you might as well be playing outside at a high school football stadium. It's no different. Same size field, right? Man, they're in the Don Hudson, they're in the Don Hudson Center right now. That's what it's going to feel like. Pumping in yeah. crowd noise, playing indoors, Don Hudson. Get yep. it in. <laughs> <laughs> no hecklers, no nothing, nobody booing you, booing you, whatever. It's gonna be weird. It's JK gonna be Scott weird. gonna be JK Scott gonna be the MVP. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I hope that's not the Mason case. Mason Crosby, all the all the kickers and shit. They ain't gonna hear it like like they're gonna be just like, I mean, like, what is this? You know, like, is this pressure? Is the silence more pressure? Maybe, maybe because it'll be interesting with uh, audibles and uh, play calling. I think it's gonna be cool. We're gonna hear more of the players on the field and stuff. I think that's gonna be kind of cool. That's what I'm excited about. All you're gonna hear though is beep 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> how can they like? I, I don't know how they're gonna be able to like censor it all like in like live like that. But they're gonna have to try, I guess. It's gonna know, be entertaining. Man. It'll be different. I mean, we never, none of us have had to deal with something like this in our lives, so it's no. gonna be interesting. I'm excited, man. Aaron Rodgers, man, is playing football, guys. Like tomorrow, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, boys. Ooh, they he's talking not, about he's not all I'm seeing, and not just local reporters, national talking about this man look good. <laughs> Newly single, he's ready to oh, mingle. Oh no, man, yeah, single, ready to motherfucking throw the rock. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm excited too, bro. Like, I don't know. Danica did something to my man. She probably uh, told him she was. His footwork went right when he was with her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, with with our uh, right tackle situation, uh, Rogers' uh, theme music is going to be a song by Two Live Crew, uh, "Face Down, Ass Up." That's just uh, how bad <laughs> Rogers is going to play tomorrow. So. <laughs> Brett, any bold, bold Packer predictions, guys, for week one? What you got, man? What, 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 is, what is your bold prediction for tomorrow? What we got tomorrow, gentlemen? My bold prediction is Lazard is going to have a career day. I think people are going to be sleeping on him. And uh, there's going to be a defensive player that we haven't talked about that I think might have a big day in Josh Jackson. He had a really good camp, and uh, I think he might be coming into his own and play really well tomorrow. Um, and I think that we're going to go into Minnesota um, and uh, win tomorrow. I know I said lose originally, but I think that uh, uh, some people are sleeping on Green Bay and uh, they're going to win tomorrow. Aaron even said that. He said it's weird that a team that won 13 games last year is flying under the radar, which is kind of cool, man. I, I think that that does something to players. I'm with you, man. I, I think it's kind of football is here. Football is here. Hey, uh, I, I'm with you guys on that. I, I, I don't really have any bold predictions. I just have a, a gut feeling. I feel like Rodgers is always one of those guys who likes people to doubt him. And I think this year he is wanting to prove a lot of people wrong. He's, he's one of those guys that he says he doesn't listen to the chatter, but we all know he cares what people think about him. He cares what people are saying about him. He was pissed off that we took love and traded up to get him and didn't draft a receiver. He wants to go out there tomorrow in front of, well, there's not going to be a crowd, but on TV, and he's going to be throwing darts, and he's going to have, I'm going to say, he's going to have about 300 yards because they are going to try to establish the run, but I think we're going to see some crazy Aaron Rodgers passes from the past that he's just hitting windows that people can't hit except for maybe Pat Mahomes. And it's going to be glorious Sunday. I'm making my homemade smoked chili. Let's go. Go Pat. Let's go. go. Homemade smoked chili. I see it's getting chilly up there in the UP. I saw y'all getting 40 degree weather at night. Oh, I go to work at five in the morning and I had 39 degrees when I went Ooh. to work the other morning. Oh, see, I told you, man. So y'all oh, didn't know. I, I at one point, I was I wanted to be a meteorologist, so weather is a thing to me. I love weather. I just don't like the stuff I live in. No, that's crazy. 40 degrees already at night. That is, uh, ooh. Ooh. We'll have snow will be falling soon, and I'll, again, it'll be the six months out of the year that I wonder why I live up here. <laughs> 
What about you, Robert? Any bold Packer predictions for you for week one? Uh, I, have, I have two. The first one is I think Savage is going to have a big game. I think he's going to make Kirk Cousins a little miserable. I kind of I kind of think he's going to get a pick six um, against them. So I think you know, I, I like that the tandem that we have, that Savage and Amos. Last year, I thought they did really well together, and I think this year that, that's going to continue to evolve. I know last year I was a little, in our chat, I was a little, I thought we gave up a little too much for Savage, but seeing how he improved throughout the year, I, I can I can uh, say that I was wrong about that, and I'm glad we did. With what he brought and, and what Amos brought, they, they really are a good combination together. But I think Savage is going to have a big game, and the second one is what uh, Brett kind of mentioned with, with, with uh, Lazard having a big game. I think he'll have a big game tomorrow. And, and the corner, the one weakness in the Vikings defense is their corners. They're, they got some adjustments in, uh, that, that they need to make, and I think we can exploit that. And I think Rodgers will, uh, I think he'll find Lazard. I think Lazard will be open. So Savage is my big one, though. I think Savage will be a big game. You know what's kind of crazy, guys, is the Vikings got worse at what we do well. What we took advantage of on them last year, they're worse at. So they couldn't stop our run either. Aaron Jones ran all over the Vikings last year. I don't yeah. expect that to change at all. You mentioned the corners. They're replacing all three of their starting cornerbacks from the two starting cornerbacks and also the slot corner. Where I, I expect everybody, good luck. I think Tay about to go off. I think Lazard going to go off. I think uh, MVS and EQ outside of Tay. I think you're going to see those guys do some things. But my bold prediction is literally it's time to show what Christian Kirksey really brings. And we hold down Cook to under a hundred yards rush. Ooh, because be they they've been speaking that you know the San Francisco game, like they've really been thinking about it, and we know we need to stop the run. What a better way to show that you can stop the run than stopping a guy that just signed a new five year deal? One of the better running backs in in, in the league, division foe. Dalvin Cook less than a hundred yards rushing. Somebody on the on the defensive side, I don't think they're gonna stop us at all. They can't block us. They they weren't able to block us last year either, right? They couldn't stop our run. They couldn't block Smiths. They're going for six sacks tomorrow. Six. 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 Hey, you know what Kirk Cousins said? If I die, I die. You're going to die tomorrow, motherfucker. You're dying tomorrow, boy. Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Oh, man. He's going to wish he had COVID after getting hit by... He's going to get Smith 19 is what he's going to get. Nah, so that's what I got, man. We're going to hold Dalvin to under 100. Just to confirm. And the Smiths going... They going for six. Oh, boy. Man, I hope hope so. I'm going to be a jolly, fat guy (laughs) after eating all my chili tomorrow. Smoke chili and watch your motherfucker just... Oh, is that a dead body? (laughs) (laughs) We're taking it back to boys in the hood. You want to see a dead body? It's Kirk Cousins laying on the on, on the Astro turf <laughs> at U.S. Bank Stadium. Go back to the movie Friday. You got knocked up. You Fuck got out. knocked the Fuck out. No, man, it's been fun, gentlemen. It's been fun, honestly. Like I like I told uh, told y'all earlier, I, I couldn't think of a better way for us to jump back into the podcast. We're on the eve of the kickoff to our 2020 season, and I'm super pumped. This has been a fun episode, gentlemen. It has been. Uh... 
far too long in between. I can't I can't wait to see what the season has for us, the shenanigans that we'll be talking. Um, I mean, we got something to talk about weekly now. So, yeah. Every week. I mean, after tomorrow, we're going to have a new outline and we'll we'll be jumping back into this. So, look, we'll keep it rolling. I really appreciate y'all, man. This has been fun. I miss you, turkeys. Do me a favor with that outline, though, Dex. Please put a Billy Turner uh, a slot in there so you can talk about that fucker. I want to yeah. get, you know, I, I want to talk you know shit. Fucked up? I'm mad as hell he ain't starting tomorrow. Like, there it we go. Be, like, talk shit. I wish he was healthy and he was playing right tackle. I'm not going to lie. So, hey, right? like, I, 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 I there we go. So, I would so rather him be playing the way than other than Rick Black. Right, what are you even talking about? He wasn't in the outline today and you talked about him for 30 fucking minutes. Like, we need to put him in the outline. <laughs> What are your thoughts on anything? Well, Billy Turner. (laughs) (laughs) Watch that guy. (laughs) Any final thoughts, gentlemen? I'm fucking geeks. I am so excited for tomorrow. I'm actually driving up north to uh, hang out with my brother to watch it. We're going to be grilling some steak, eating some taters, and watching some Packers whooping the shit out of the Vikings. I'm super geeked. Give me a go pack go, man. Give me a go pack go. Go go pack go. go. All right, this has been the Packer Backer Podcast. Here's to the Packers going on 1-0.